Happy Easter, everybody. Praise God for this Easter Sunday where we celebrate the hope of eternal life that Jesus has brought to mankind. My name's Sai. I'm the pastor here at Christ Church, and it's my joy to speak to you all this morning. Uh, For most of us, this is going to be probably the strangest Easter Sunday that we have experienced. As a nation, it's becoming more sobering, isn't it? As the death toll is rising, our prime minister is in intensive care. Some of you will have had loved ones that are affected, maybe even lost some loved ones because of this. Do you know that God is wanting to be close to you at this time? He's not wanting to be distant at all. He's wanting you to know his love. He's wanting you to know his comfort at this time. You know, Jesus, it, it tells us, wept at the pain that was caused when Lazarus died, even though he knew that moments later he was going to raise him from the dead. God is not indifferent to any pain or any suffering that you're going through at this present time. He wants to be close to you. And the wonderful truth about the Easter message is we celebrate through Jesus Christ's death and his resurrection that we have the hope of eternal life. It's a hope, the Bible tells us, that is steadfast and certain, one that can be depended on. You know, the night before Jesus was betrayed and then uh, Uh, beaten and murdered for you and for me. He was sharing a meal with his disciples and he prays this wonderful prayer, which I'm going to read to you and what I'm going to preach to you on on today. I'm going to just preach in one verse. But in John 17, verses 1 to 5, he says this, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that you had that I had with you before the world existed remember he's he's praying this he's saying this the night before he knows he's about to be beaten and crucified you can you hear the absolute confidence that the son of god has he knows what what is going to happen he knows we can trust he knows for certain the outcome of it and he knows that you and I can put our trust in him and, and know that he has our life safe in his hands. Now, a strange thing I've realized during this time is that because I'm speaking to you this morning via a screen, children will actually listen to me much more than they ever would when uh, I'm speaking to them in the flesh, so to speak. And last time when I was speaking, I had a few teddies that were a few props in, in, in my preach. And that, that caused a bit of a stir, particularly amongst the, the kids. Uh, they, they, they liked that. And I had a request come in that they wanted more 
teddies in my preach today. Well, as I'm preaching on the eternal life we receive through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, I felt it might be a bit irreverent to crucify a teddy and also, you know, a bit disturbing uh, (laughs) as well. So I'm not really sure I'm going to be able to get teddies into this preach today. So sorry about that, uh, kids. That is, unless anyone in the audience has got any ideas about how I could include uh, some teddies. Yes, uh, yeah, you over there, Snoopy, you, you got any ideas how I can get teddies into this, this talk? No? No? All right then. Okay, never mind. What about you, Paddington? You usually have good ideas. Any ideas, Paddington? No? Okay, well, just be quiet then. What about you, Peter Rabbit? You're full of good ideas normally. No? Stay silent then. Madam, with the hairy legs over there, what about you? No? Sir, with the hairy ears? No? No? Well, we'll stay quiet then. Never, never mind. So sorry, kids. No teddies in today's talk. Anyway, as I was saying, I'm really just going to focus on one verse, which is verse 3, which says this, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is something that has been wanted through the centuries. Some people have even died in pursuit of uh, taking potions that, um, that, that they thought may contain it. Today, people might not say they want eternal life, but they certainly don't want to die. Well, not yet. Anyway, give me a few more years. And when, when life is well, when you feel healthy, well, give me a lot longer uh, uh, as well. One of the things that this current pandemic is doing is reminding people how fragile life is. And suddenly the more important questions of life come into focus. What am I living for? What am I doing that is of lasting value? What happens to me after death? Which age am I looking to invest my life into? This temporary one or the eternal one to come. You know, Jesus himself spoke more about the age to come, more about heaven and hell than any other person in the Bible. I think that's because he knew what was coming and he wants you to choose life and the life that leads to eternal life. uh, That He wants you to invest in the age to come. And what is important to realize when you look at the word life in the Bible, in this passage, that the uh, original word used there doesn't just mean that something is alive as opposed to, to dead. It's much richer than that. The Greek meaning of the word is absolute fullness of life. It's not just length of life that it goes on and on and on, although it does go on and on and on, but it's quality of life as well. It's a life that is a full life, an exciting life, a fun life. Now, to help us get a picture of what this life is like, I've asked a few people just to share their thoughts on what a full, fun life looks like. My absolute favorite 
amongst them has got to be Henry's, putting on a penguin suit, lying on my bed, and then jumping up and down on a bouncy castle. <laughs> Life doesn't get more fun than that. That's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Whatever is going on in this life, no matter how hard it gets, remember Jesus promises us that, that in this world, because of Satan, because of sin, we will have horrible things happen. And actually for us as believers, he promises us extra troubles as well. Oh yeah, it's nice of him, isn't it? He says this, he says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So as believers, this side of eternity, we're not looking for things to be comfortable. We have Jesus who is better than anything else this world could offer us. And his promises to us go beyond the grave. So even in this current pandemic, we can be content, happy in every situation, like the Apostle Paul tells us, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many of you will be entering a time where you will be brought low in this time. Things will be difficult. You may be hungrier than you're used to or certainly not have the choice of food that you once did. There'll be varying needs that you're going to have to contend with. Those needs might be financial. They may be relational. They may be emotional. They may be spatial as you're all squeezed into your house. But as disciples of Jesus, you can take heart. He, Jesus, is strengthening you and preparing you for eternity. Not just this little blip of time that we find ourselves in for 80, 90, 100 years. Jesus has eternal life for all who turn to him, all who the Father has given him. A full, fun life without end. And how do we receive that? How do you and I know we get that? Well, the verse tells us that this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. We receive it not through some great exploit on your uh, behalf or my behalf or by doing good and religious works, but we receive it by a relationship, a friendship with God and Jesus Christ. See, John Calvin, the famous theologian, wrote this. In order to understand this verse properly, we must first understand that we are all in death until we are enlightened by God who alone has life. There is no source of life other than in God alone. You see, since mankind rebelled against God, we've all been under that curse from God that you shall surely die. 
the Apostle Paul makes it clear to us that we're already spiritually dead, even though we're physically alive. And that is actually why we end up physically dying too. And it's all because we are separated from God, who is the author of life, because of the things that we've done, because we ignore him, because we offend him in how we behave. But here and now, in God's goodness and through his grace, we get to enjoy some of the, the good things uh, in, in life, even without knowing God, even though we are, are separated from him. But this brief time that he has given us is supposed to be spent preparing us for the eternal age to come, where we will experience fullness of life under God's blessing, or be permanently excluded from God's presence and go to a place where there is no good thing, the Bible tells us. All this hinges on what, not what you do for God, as if you and I could ever do some great exploit that would make ourselves acceptable to God, but, us, but on us humbly accepting what God has done for us in sending Jesus. That is what the glorious Easter story is all about. Jesus comes to earth, lives a normal life amongst us, yet without sin. And then, then at the age of about 30, he begins his three-year ministry of preaching and healing and getting his disciples ready to lead when he's gone. Once everything is prepared... As God had already planned, Jesus winningly went to the cross to die a criminal's death, voluntarily taking on himself all the things that you and I have done wrong that offend God, the sins of the whole world the Bible takes us. As he hung there in physical agony, his righteous, perfect soul was in torment as all the wickedness and evil of the world was placed upon him. And then on top of that, God's righteous anger against those things came crashing down uh, upon Jesus so that he who for all eternity had only known, this is my beloved son, with him I am well pleased. He faced the Father's wrath for you and for me. He faced God's rejection and in bitterness of his soul, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he did that for you. And he did that for me. And when Jesus, knowing that he had fulfilled everything that was required of him, gave up his spirit. And he did that so that you and I can put our faith in him, our trust in him, and then that fellowship with God, that friendship with God can be restored as we give our lives to Jesus. You only get that, the Bible tells us, through Jesus Christ, his son. It's impossible to know God except through his son, Jesus. As the Apostle Paul tells us, there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus himself tells us, no one 
knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then he goes on to say this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, trying to please God, trying to make your own way to God. Come to me, and I will give you rest. You can't earn right standing with God. You receive it for free through surrendering your life to Jesus. It's not through your good works or or, or my good works, but by believing in Christ's good works done on the cross for you. And as a sign that God had accepted his sacrifice and because uh, sin and death had no hold on him, Jesus rose again victorious that first Easter Sunday, which is what we're celebrating uh, today. And Jesus rose with eternal life in his hands to give to all who humbly come to him in faith for rest. Do you know, the theologian Tasker writes uh, this about the word no in this verse. He says, in the Greek, the verb is in the present subjunctive. You all know what present subjunctive are, don't you? (laughs) Well, the kids do, at least, anyway. Anyway, this is the important part. It says, indicating that the knowledge is a growing experience. It's something that we grow in. The the word know is more than just head knowledge. It's something that's relational, something that is experiential, that we grow in. William Barclay says, to know God is to know what he is like and to be on the most intimate terms of friendship with him. William Hendrickson writes, to know the Father and Jesus Christ refers not merely to abstract knowledge, but joyful acknowledgement of his sovereignty, glad acceptance of his love, and intimate fellowship with his person. God wants to know you and you to know him. If you're not a Christian, you can come to know him in a moment. But if you are a Christian this morning, this Easter, can I encourage you to strive to know him better, spend more time with God, seeking him, living for him, praying to him? You know, Christianity was never supposed to be formulaic or creedal. It is dynamic and relational. God wants you to know him better, to experience the joy of being known by him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent to save you. Has your walk with God become religious? Has your love for Jesus grown a little bit cold? Then come to God and ask for his forgiveness in this area. Ask him to set that first love back in your heart, to increase that passion in you again. You see, the joy we have as believers is that we know that as we know God, that means that eternal life starts in us the moment that we come to know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Which is why Jesus can say to his followers, and he can say to you, whoever believes in me, Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. 
that's a joy that we have as believers. We need to spend our time here on earth wisely getting to know and enjoy God and Jesus better. And to those of you who don't know him, you need to remember that these words that I read from the Bible earlier, from John 17, were, were given by Jesus the day before he knew he was going to die. So confident was he because he knew that Easter Sunday was coming and that he knew he would rise again with the hope of eternal life for you. And he holds it out for you today to receive here today. If you want to receive that, then just pray this along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus to die for me. Please forgive me of all that I have done that offends you and help me to live the rest of my life for you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well done for those of you who prayed that. Anyway, it just leaves me to say now, Happy Easter uh, to you all. Remember, because you know God and Jesus Christ, you have no reason to fear in this current pandemic or anything else that comes your way. For our lives are safe in God's hands. When we shut our eyes on this life, we will open them in eternity where there is life in all its fullness, where there's no more sin, there's no more sickness, there's no more death. All because God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make a way for you to receive eternal life. That's the message of Easter. Have a great Easter and see you soon.